If you can find your seats, that would be awesome. Great here in the church, connecting, doing community together. It's awesome. As uh, Pastor Jared uh, said just before, we've got my story so far, which we do uh, uh, fairly, you know, semi-regularly throughout the year. Um, hearing someone's story, um, and I, I love that we bring variety to, I guess, our services as a church family. We don't just hear, I guess, preaching. Um, we can actually hear, I guess, someone's story, um, raw as it is, and how God has played a part in in a person's story. So we have the amazing Jordan. Give it up for Jordan. How are we going? Good. Yep. Mic test done. Yep. Um, Jordan, you, you're a youth leader on uh, Friday nights with Civic Youth for a year now. Yeah, so yeah, graduated. Yeah, graduated the year before. Um, came straight out of youth uh, as a, a teenager, part of our teen crew, volunteering, big heart for young people, um, serving God um, in, in the church and on Friday night as well in our youth. Um, and uh, that's what I guess most people will know about Jordan if you know her. Um, that uh, huge heart for young people and serving, and also doing a Youth Alive Academy. Bible yeah. College, yeah. Yeah, just finished that this year. Yeah, so starting that this year. So that's what we know about Jordan so far. Um, but uh, I think it'd be really cool today to hear a little bit of the backgrounds, a little bit about family, um, upbringing, and even how you came to know God personally, whether that was something that was when you were really young or later in the year. So I'll hand over to you, Jordan. Go for it. Yeah, so I was born August 2003 in Adelaide. We moved around for a little bit, quite a while. My dad was in the army. So we sort of moved around. We were in Adelaide for about a year, and then we moved to Raymond Terrace. And we came to Toowoomba when I was about three and a half-ish. And so from there, I grew up, you know, as an average kid, I had two siblings. I had an older sister and a younger sister. And then when I was about six years old, my parents got divorced. And so that was pretty rough. I had no idea what was going on. I was just thought that we were going on a holiday, that we were moving house, all that, and... It was really not until probably about a year or two later that I had processed that parents didn't live together, saw dad on the weekend, mum on the weekdays, and nothing was normal anymore. I didn't have a normal family. So for me, a normal family has never been my known. I don't know what that's like. And so I grew up throughout school a bit, feeling like a bit of an outcast, I guess, because I didn't know what was, you know, all these kids that had siblings and both parents in the same house and all these things and I never really had that so yeah I guess the school for me was always hard sort of going into it especially when I was younger when divorced parents weren't a regular and a norm that was really hard for me because it was like how do I talk about family and especially when it came to like well, we had parents days and stuff like that it was always either oh mum's here or dad's here but we're never together so yeah and uh, I guess that's full on, you know, and I think there's a lot of statements get thrown around of um, the normal family versus the not normal family. And, and I think what happens is, you know, for your journey is that comparison of we can look around um, at other families and look at other people and think, oh, the green is, you know, the, the grass is greener on that side of the fence sort of thing and um, constantly in that comparison. And I think as we were catching up about a weekend ago, um, talking about today's interview, there was a big part of you when that split happened, there was like a bit of a hole and the, the definition of love was probably de- very different for you compared to what you now know what love is. Um, you, you end up coming to 
youth, I think. How did you end up coming to youth? So it was uh, 2016, one of my friends um, had a birthday party and she was on a Friday night, we were doing a sleepover and at that point she was already invested in youth. Parents were pastors, so she was sort of known church life and she invited me along to Tribal Wars. And for those who don't know, Tribal Wars is like a big games night, two teams battling it out kind of thing and really loved it for the night and I basically said I wanted to come every week to youth thinking that every week was Tribal Wars and that, that was all we did. <laughs> Apparently not. Um, yeah, so her mum offered me to drive me every week and I was like, this is great. I have sort of something to do and something to get out of the house and that was something for me. So came the next week and it was a preach night and I was like, this is not what I thought it was. Got I think you were saying that's... Um there was someone up there, obviously, they were preaching and sharing about God and you'd never heard that before? You'd yeah, I heard a little bit about God. Um, my, one of my grandparents was Christian, so I grew up sort of in and out of church. We'd go some weeks and that, and never really knew properly about God's love. So hearing them preach about it, I was like, this, I just blanked out. I didn't listen. I was up the back, probably nodding off, just not caring. <laughs> but yeah, it was for me, it was just sort of a very weird like I just didn't pay attention I was only there for the fun games and all that I was gonna ask you kept coming for the fun games yeah I guess so and just I got invested in the community like all the leaders were great so I found sort of like before and after when we weren't doing the preaching I was having my best time playing (laughs) but during the preaching no (laughs) I didn't listen for a long time do you remember, like, before, because obviously you're a Christian now, you've made a decision, and we'll talk about that in a second, but during that time where you were just coming to youth for the friends, for, you know, the fun times, the community, do you remember, did you feel different coming into an environment on Friday night versus anywhere else? Was it, was it different for you? I guess I felt like I could be more of myself. It was sort of an environment where no one cared. I could take, I guess, the mask off and be myself, and then... You know, I really enjoyed it. Everyone sort of slowly eased in. I was very much a, a puppy for a while. I'd follow my friend around. I didn't throw myself out there. And then slowly as I got more comfortable, about two years into going to youth, I sort of stepped out of my shell. I got more involved and chatting to people. And I really started to get invested in coming every Friday and being part of it. And w- when did it change for you from, I guess, that community, that safe place to take the mask off, which is such a a huge thing for our Friday night um, youth. A lot, a lot of youth will say that because um, I think in schools, even your own families, that, that mask or multiple masks can be on. So we're, we're, we're thankful for our youth leaders, for a youth ministry that can provide a place for that. What was the point where maybe when the masks were off and you could feel like you'd be yourself but to find out who you truly were in God? When did that change for you? It was a slow process, I think, About two, three years ago at that point, I sort of started leaning in a little bit more and going, okay, this this God guy sounds cool. Maybe I should actually listen. And I did, and I sort of played into the fact that I wasn't listening 100%, but there were things that would catch my attention and I'd listen to, and I'd be like, all right, he sounds like I could help me, and I sort of lent in. And then about six or so months later, I actually made a decision at youth one night I think Jared was preaching and he brought up um, Wolverine and Marvel and all that. And I was like, this is great. This is good, good <laughs> yeah. preaching. Good preaching. Good yeah. preaching. And yeah, I for me that was something because it stood out for me so much. And I was sort of paying into 
my, my childhood and healing from that. And so it was really big for me to be able to sit there and go, all right, I feel like I'm listened to and I'm heard. And so I sort of was like, all right, I'll give it a go, lean in, see what happens. So Wolverine plus Jesus equals young person making response. Definitely. Parents, any tricks, bring Wolverine, get some Marvel involved, use analogies. Now, Jordan, you, you've made the, the, the decision and does that mean that your life was completely radically changed like all around you, like family, all of a sudden things are going great, all of a sudden there's restoration, all of a sudden all that hurt and the pain, everything, everything's just here, like everything just suddenly changed because you made that decision to God or was it different? No, I found that um, family life for me was still really tough. I found that I felt like I couldn't be Christian at home because I had brought up in a family that was not anti-Christian but religion was never part in the household. And so I felt like in that point that I was Christian on a Friday and that was it. Like I'd take the hat off and I would just be like, all right, I'll give you Friday and then the rest of the week I have to be just Jordan. And so it was really hard stepping into that and the more I grew the more I felt like I was struggling to hide it. So stuff like I couldn't have my own Bible and then when I did get a Bible, it was, all right, it's got to be hidden in the bottom drawer and I only bring it out when everyone's asleep kind of thing. And that's, was that more from uh, like some of the family or was it the whole of the family for you to struggle with your faith? I guess because um, religion was never really brought up in a household, I felt like I didn't know where everyone stood so I felt like I just sort of had to go, well, I don't know where mum stands or my sister's stands, so I kept it quiet. And I was like, look, if they bring it up, I'll talk about it, but until someone else says something, I'm just going to keep it on. Because it was the three things that you weren't able to bring up in your household. Yeah, look, I don't know where these came from, but religion, politics and royalty were like the three that we couldn't talk about. <laughs> the royals, apparently. Sorry. Apparently, don't know. <laughs> now, the... I can relate a little bit with this, and I know there's many people within our church family can relate with, um, I guess, not being brought up in a Christian home uh, or Christian parents, and, and all of a sudden, at one point in our lives, we make that decision to follow God, and then it's like, okay, this is great in that particular environment. It could be at home, it could be in the middle of the park, it could be at a youth event, whatever it might be, but then we're now adapting and, I guess, figuring out how and where can I share this um, without, I guess, people bringing a lot of shame on, on, on me. And you figure that out as you go through the journey that you don't care what people think about you. But I think it's very difficult, especially as a young person, making a decision that people that are close within your family units, but not being able to, I guess, uh, accept that, that reality. How did you do that? Like, what, what practically did you do? Did it, like, what does it look like today as well? So I guess for me, like, now, today, my, obviously, because I'm in Bible college and I'm doing all that, like, everyone, my family knows my sister comes to church with me, like, you know, we, it's a bit more adaptable, but it's also something that just doesn't get brought up. It's like, you know, mum knows I'm Christian, but we're not going to have a conversation about it. And so stuff like, you know, I have my Bible on my desk and, you know, she knows I come to church on a Sunday and youth on a Friday as a leader. She knows that stuff, but we don't talk about it. It's very much like that's your thing, not my thing. Like, I guess we're just, yeah... And did your relationship with your Heavenly Father affect either relationship with mum or, or dad at all? I guess for me, like, learning especially, like, that agape love of God was very much for me a moment of learning to love my family. Like, it sort of, I learnt the love of God, so I was sort of translating that into loving my family, even though we had those tough moments and relationships and strains on life, we, I found that 
with through God's love I could forgive and I could move on and it was big for me especially growing up I had a lot of tough moments just learning that I can move forward and love through God's love was huge for me. And do you think that that's for your journey and where you felt your trajectory of life was going with without God do you think that was possible without God that you would do that with your family how was God involved in that I guess for me like especially the healing part moving through with my family was huge I don't think I'd be where I am today with some of my family if I didn't have that love of God it was yes I feel like for me just without God I probably would be still in my room playing video games not chatting everyone but through God's love I can have those relationships I can grow them I can you know forgive what happened in the past and still be able to and you mentioned the word forgiveness because I think forgiveness can be very taboo and it's a very tricky and uh, it's a yucky word sometimes especially in, in in our Christian circles of forgiveness you know is that do we actually practice that I know that God's forgiven us and I know how he's shown us that, but how do we do that to people, let alone the people closest to us? And attached to forgiveness is often that word called hurt. And I know you mentioned that before. And I think you're still on that journey at the moment. Um. Yeah, I guess for me, like, um, obviously, when you're healing from forgiveness, it's not an overnight thing. You know, it's going to take time and all that. But just even the start of the journey for me was the hardest of actually having that mindset of, okay, I have to go around and forgive them and you move on, it was hard because it was so many years of just hurt to then turn around and be like, all right, I forgive you. Like, it, especially coming from someone who was non-Christian, I couldn't understand the concept of forgiving. So now, especially now, through church and stuff and youth life, I find that I've learnt and I've grown to a point now where I can forgive. And do you find that you're still on the journey with the, the hurt with God or is it... You've just dropped in his hands and it's easy as that? What does that look like? I, for so many years, was, um, you can have, I was essentially the person that was like, you can have this part of my hurt, but I'm protecting the rest of it. I wouldn't give it all to him. So, for me, the biggest part of growing was learning that I have to give him everything. Even to this day, I still struggle where there's moments where I I just like, you can have everything else, but I want to deal with this. And learning that, I have to give it all to him is so hard. It doesn't, like, even with everything, you just, it's a learning curve. No, not every moment's going to be a straight uphill. And, you know, if there's people here that, you know, I, I think we all go through hurt in life. We all have sometimes unforgiveness. We have these moments where we're holding on to something that's happened from a long time ago or even short term ago. Um, you doing that journey and on that journey still with God, what does that practically look like for you? How, how did... How do you hand that over to God? You know, it's not like this big, you know, physical hand comes through the roof and you drop it in the hands. How did that look like for you? Um, it wasn't an easy thing. I think, guess for me, I had to learn what handing it over to God was. So we learned, like, at youth it was like prayer. You know, you let him go and through worship and stuff we would sort of, you know, give it to him. So it was really hard for me sort of because I'm a very visual person. It's like, well... I can't physically give him something, so learning and that idea of, okay, if you just keep telling God you can have it, have it, it slowly becomes more and more, I guess, normalised for me now, especially when something's tough to just go, all right, God, have it, you can deal with this. And I think um, another thing that you shared when we've caught up recently was around the friendships and how 
was there a bit of a shift or change in your um, perspective on friendships or how, how did that look when you became a Christian? And being in a state school where the, maybe a minority would be Christian, um, so how did that look like for you as a young person? Yeah, so in my school I went to Harristown. It was very much a... Um, Christianity was a minority in that school because there was so many cultures and religions that I found that I would almost be, I guess, non-Christian at school, wouldn't be brought up. I was trying to be still doing things through God's grace while not putting his name on it. I guess it was really hard because when Christianity was brought up at school, it was always in a negative light. I guess, you know, young people today have such hurt from their religion that to then step through it to now it was hard to be like, all right, I'm Christian, I'm going to a youth group and do that. So I sort of kept it on download, never said much. And Did that affect your choices? Like friends might be choosing to do certain things and you're, you're choosing a different direct direction and how, how do you navigate that? Because I think no matter what age, often as people of faith, we might be choosing a bit of a less popular option than what maybe the world might be saying. How have you found that? I found that I was making excuses so friends would want to do something. It's like, oh, mum said no, so I'm not going to do it kind of thing. But in my heart, I knew it was God telling me it's not the right thing to do. Mm. So I found that making excuses and saying no was my big thing. For then, you know, when it got to senior school and obviously teens are getting to that age of wanting to go drinking and going out and stuff, I found that it was a lot harder to still be doing things that I chose not to do and choosing not to drink was essentially hard. Because you go to an 18th birthday and everyone's drinking and stuff. And for me to sit there and go, I don't want to, you get a little bit shamed. It's Teenagers are like, well, why not? It's, it's so normal now. Yeah. And what, what would you say is your why behind, like, not making those choices, making these unpopular decisions? What's, what's that why? You know, you, you could say, oh, yeah, mum, you know, told, told me you know, i got something on, whatever it might be. But what was that real personal why for you in making the less popular decisions um, particularly with your, with your faith? I guess for me it was a lot of um, growing up, you know, there's always that idea that you get influenced and shaped by you, what you see. And I guess for me, like, growing up with drinking and stuff, it was never brought up at home. So I just found, like, I didn't understand what the need and the want to drink was. And so when it came to do it in high school, I tried it once and I was like, I hate it. I just chose not to do it. It was my choice but even then, like, when I said, oh, I don't want to do it, everyone, when that why came up, I couldn't turn around and be like, oh, because I'm Christian, because then it's like, well, you know, Christianity and shaming and you're not supposed to drink and all that. And I think um, it's, particularly as a youth leader and, you know, as a team crew um, and learning in that leadership journey of understanding influence, and we've, we've chatted in the past around choices in, in our lives can... I guess, propel a bit of an effect on people that are maybe we're influencing, and other, whether it's friends, whether it's people older than us or younger than us, and making those choices that are sometimes less popular um, as a young leader. Um, it was something that was you were sharing recently, and it was really encouraging for myself to, I think, as a person who is 19, right? Yep, 19-year-old in the world that we live, making those unpopular choices, um, putting God in the middle of uh, decisions you're making in life. And I think even with your servant, your servant heart, um, to serve young people on Friday nights, to be here on Sunday serving church. Like for people that maybe ha- haven't served in church before, maybe they're new, why would you even do that? Why would you give up a Friday night to hang out with teenagers when you've just moved past that phase? Uh, why, why would you do that? For me, especially like becoming a youth leader, I found that 
you know, the youth leaders that I had when I was at youth were putting so much effort into helping me and helping me move on and that that when I got to the age of being becoming a youth leader, it was I didn't really think about it. I wanted to grow the next generation. I wanted to be able to be there and be that help and be the ones that they look to for guidance and stuff and be able to show them the glory of God. And has there been hard times, like seeing young people go through either similar things to what you've gone through with family um, or, or other situations? Has it been hard sometimes serving young people, knowing you've got your journey at the same time? Yeah, I guess um, especially now, sort of when I look back at what happened throughout my life, it's one of those things where you sort of look at it and you go, I can, I'm a sympathetic crier, so if a teen comes to me crying, I'm going to be crying with them. But I found that when teens came to me with their struggles, I would almost go back in a headspace of getting really upset and emotional about what happened in my past. So I found that I had to go and chat to other leaders and, you know, sort of help them. But then at the end of the day, I'd be like, I need to chat to you now because that was tough on me and finding that sort of support group. And I think that's a, a highlight on your your choices. I think there can be a lot of um, it could be any age, but particularly with um, the students and young people I work with uh, within a school context or here on Friday nights, it can be hard sometimes to put the hand up to ask for help because we're brought up in a generation that nah, it's my way or the highway, I know what I know, Google is there, I'll just go Dr Google, but you're reaching out to people. Um, do you remember the first time you ever caught up with someone? Have you caught up with Pastor Brandon or myself or whoever it might be and what that, you know, what, why did you do that? It was... It wasn't by choice, I think is the funniest thing. I, somebody was preaching at youth and I got, it sort of hit my heartstrings really badly and I sort of got emotional. I had to step out and all that and one of the leaders came up to me and was like, what's going on? And we sat chatting the whole time and that's sort of where I found out that it's okay to cry and it's okay to be hurt and it's, you know, the leaders are there to support you and they want to help you grow and that's sort of where I was like, all right, if they can help me, I'm going to reach out more. And it sort of became regular for me on a Friday night to be like, I just need to chat. And that's sort of now where I am still to this day. I turn around sometimes like, I just need to talk to someone. Yeah, and I think as we've um, caught up last weekend, Coffee, and you're sharing a lot of this journey and, and heaps of other things as well. Um, and it was it was a highlight of how you've gone from a type of person who wasn't experiencing, I guess, what you thought was proper love to then experiencing what we call agape love, this unconditional love from your heavenly father that you can understand your identity, know that you're loved, even though it could be family, it could be close friends, people making all these other choices around you, even feeling like you can't be um, expressing your personal faith because it'd be really, uh, really tough to do that, but knowing now that you are who you are in him and knowing that identity, your confidence has grown. Like, I, I believe that's from a teenager through to youth leader now. Um, the fact that you're up here having an interview, they're up here sharing a bit of your story that you want to share. Um, and even just sharing, um, I think a, a cool thing about Jordan's story is that it's sort of at the halfway mark of a little bit of a season here sort of thing. And it's not a, it's not about, oh, I'm supposed to have it all together because I'm a Christian. I'm meant to have everything in a, in a line together, all the T's crossed, I's dotted. Um, but it's actually about going, you know what, I just want to include God in the journey. Um, and so what, what would you encourage for people that maybe they don't know God personally themselves or maybe are struggling a bit with God at the moment? What would you sh- share about 
I guess, how you do your journey with God, even when you're not on the mountaintops, even when you maybe don't get what you want from God because we try to put him in a box sometimes. How do you, how do, you just do the journey? It's not a one-time choice. You don't say yes once. I found that I had to constantly turn to God and go, all right, I choose you. Like, it was always for me like a... I thought coming into the journey that you say yes to God once and that's it and you're you're on the highway and all that. But I found that for me it was very much a every season, every time something tough came up, every time I was having a bit of a breakdown, I would have to choose God. And now I guess for everyone especially, like if you're in a season of just feeling like God's not there, just wait. He will do something. He will be that light in your room and he will help you out. You've just got to wait in his love and know that he is going to be there. Awesome, Jordan. And I think it's, it's just a, it's a powerful thing around his faithfulness um, before, before our faithfulness, even when we feel like, oh, you're not there, you've let me down, or whatever it might be, um, that you're constantly faithful, God. And so that's, that's the journey that we have as Christians through the ups and the downs as well. What would be your a final encouragement for, for the church? Maybe from your journey, it could be family, whatever, whatever it might be, because um, we've only literally just skinned the top of this uh, part, of, part of your life so far. But what would be encouragement for the church uh, family? Don't, I guess for me, it's, re, especially for me, for my journey, just don't be afraid to reach out to, you know, don't be afraid to go out and know that I need help and to actually say that to someone because it's no good bottling up your hurt. You know, we have pastors here and we have people that want to be able to help you and lead you through that life. And so if you just know that God wants you to get that help and God wants you to be able to chat to people and talk to them, it's going to help you so much. You're not meant to do life alone. You're meant to do it as a community. We're just going to, I guess, finish off this bit of a chat today by um, praying for some people, part of our church family. And so I can get everyone to just close their eyes, bow their heads, just out of privacy. Um, Jordan, you sharing your story today might might connect with some people. Um, you being a 19-year-old, there could be a 90-year-old in this room. That could be there could be family stuff going on. There could be hurt. There could be unforgiveness. It's it's, it's amazing how God, in the in the scheme of seasons and what He can do, it's ageless. It's 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 powerful that. He can speak through a young person for our church family, no matter what age. And I believe that there are people in this service that could relate with your story, relate with maybe going through hurts, going through unforgiveness right now, um, struggling to hand that over to God. Maybe you've been handing over to God for a while now, but just feel like nothing's happening. So sort of just put the wall up. Um, Even just struggling with the journey with God at the moment. Not that it's a disbelief in God, but it's a God, where are you sort of journey at the moment. And... um, I feel like right now in this moment it would be awesome for you to pray for those people. Um, so if there's anyone that's here today that is either going through a bit of a season right now where there's a lot of hurt, there could be unforgiveness, there could be pain, um, and you're wondering where God is at or how is He going to do something in this, we're just going to get Jordan to pray for you. So if that's you, can you just raise your hands just in privacy? Thank you. Thank you. Put that hand down. Thank you. Thank you. Put that hand down. Awesome. And I'm also going to get you to pray just for a second group. If there's anyone here, because I think it would be a bit silly for me not to ask this question. If, if there's anyone here that doesn't know God personally, 
has been maybe coming to church for a while now, or maybe this is your first time ever coming to a church service, and you want to know what it means to be truly loved, what it means to understand your identity, to understand how to fill that hole in your heart that you've been trying to fill with all sorts of other things in life. No matter what age, no matter what season, you just want to invite God. You want to inquire. He's knocking on the door and you want to open the door and start that journey, whatever that looks like, but you just want to be genuine with that. Can I just get you to raise your hand as well? I didn't think I saw any hands. All good, cool. Jordan, I'll get you to pray for them, thanks. God, I just pray for everyone in this room right now that no matter their season they're going through, that they go to you, that they know that if whether it's their first time to decision or they're making the decision again, that their love will grow through your love and that they can turn to you through their hard times, through everything that's happening and know that your love and your hope will grow them forever. I pray in your name, amen. Amen. Let's give it up for Jordan.